Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration and collaboration creates community and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. So uh, welcome to another edition of Face to Face. It is uh, Tuesday, May the 7th, I think, yes. and we're here in Phnom Penh at uh, Tulis Lang S21 Museum, and uh, joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. Uh, Bu Meng, and uh, Veng. Veng, what's your last name? Eng Wang. Eng Wang? Yeah. Veng Eng Wang is our translator who was with us uh, for our interview with uh, Mr. Chumwei Mei. So maybe you could... Um, 
ask uh, Boo, just uh, uh, Mr. Boo, uh, is it Mr. Boo or Mr. Boo May? Mr. Boo. Mr. Boo. Um, I read in his book uh, a lot about, uh, as a survivor of S21, having spent two years here, uh, he talked a lot about revenge and a lot about anger. And I wondered after so many years if uh, that is starting to, um, if he's starting to reconcile with that. บ่ก็ซอมท่าเนี่ยก็อ่านสภาพบ่อมมันน่ะให้อมในจอบในกุกนั้นบ่ Nung It's a good question. So he's going to talk about law and those people who were responsible for all these killings. He could not uh, recon uh, reconcile reconcile because uh, he said that if you if you uh, there is a a Khmer proverbs if you uh, accept the law you could not pardon any culprit or any people who who have done who have made the mistakes. But Okay, for him, uh, he's okay to reconcile, but uh, anyway, law is a law. Law could not could not pardon, you know, all these people who who made the mistake, who who did the crimes. Yeah. Uh, the, the Khmer Rouge Tribunal is kind of a hybrid tribunal joined by both Cambodian government and United Nations. So, uh, uh, so we have to follow the law. Uh, on behalf of him as a a second deputy of the uh, victim associations, so he has to find the justice, he has to uh, define uh, uh, what was behind the killings of Cambodian and the Khmer Rouge regime. Uh, many uh, foreign journalists had asked him questions about Dutch, how many uh, years that Dutch should be uh, put in jail uh, from uh, his own opinion. He, he thought he believed, uh, he personally think Dutch should be sentenced for whole life or two lives, and after he dies, he should he should be buried in front of his uh, the room where Bumai was de detained during the Khmer Rouge time. 
Just put like a, a tomb and put chains around. And decorated with uh, shackles yeah. as well. To show the world. Um, from uh, uh, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not sure if Mr. Buu is a uh, Buddhist or not, but from a Buddhist perspective, will there be justice? From a spiritual perspective, does he believe that there'll be some form of justice? There might be a kind of legal justice on Earth, but is there any kind of uh, you know uh, afterlife uh, where where uh, Doik will will have to pay for his uh, for his wrongdoing? Uh, ตามផ្លូវពុទ្ធសាសនានណាអ្នកដែលប្រព្រឹត្តអំពើអញ្ចឹងណាដែលប្រព្រឹត្តអំពើអឺដល់ក្រក់អញ្ចឹងមើលល
spiritually he believed that those who did that would not be born as human beings but could be born as animals like dogs or whatever animals because dogs always fight each other. Mother, father, children always fight. I was at the, uh, at the tribunal yesterday, and I spent about four hours there listening to a journalist, a historian, um, testify based on a book that he wrote about Paul Pot. And it sounded like no. there was... No. An awful lot of detail. Oh, the court's been going on for what, about four years now. I think the court, the tribunal's been going on for about four years now. Is that about right? No, 2006. Actually. 2006. So many, many years. So it makes me wonder. I mean, is uh, somebody like Mr. Boomang uh, very frustrated by how slow it's working? Uh, is he concerned that it's falling apart? Um, I, I read about it often at home, and it's usually pretty negative. Right, the press. It's not you. I'm, you know, obviously, the conviction of Dyke came across as being this is a victory for international justice. Mm-hmm. But after seeing it yesterday, it just seemed like wow, this is going to take forever. Mm-hmm. And will people really feel? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that notion of reconciliation and and um, will they feel uh, satisfied? Does that make sense? Yeah. That was too long. <laughs> ແລະລະຈ້າເຈມີໃສ່ບານນະຍິນຈໍລະບົບນີ້ມີໃສ່ບານນະມີໃສ່ບານນະອ່າ <coughs> <coughs> ដោយថាលទ្ធផលនៃការកាត់ក្តីហ្នឹងដែលមានលក្ខណៈ <coughs> Uh, he believes that uh, the real justice would not be able to be found for the death, for the death of mm-hmm. Cambodian, uh, like you. And he, uh, Mr. Buming said uh, he feels like you that uh, it is a very uh, uh, difficult to find the justice, and in Cambodia's law. You know, there is no like compensation for the victims from the law of Cambodia so far. Uh, he, he personally thinking of uh, pushing the court forward to the international court not in Cambodia. Uh, it would be better to have, uh, you know, the court established uh, overseas to find better justice for the Cambodian people. Uh, 
the law says if you lose the case, you must pay the compensation back. But nothing, you know, uh, compensated to him. Nothing returned back to him. This is uh, the point that uh, he said uh, it is injustice. Uh, he said that uh, there, is, there is some justice about the idea of senting, uh, sentencing the Dutch in the prison for whole life, but uh, the condition where Dutch stays probably much better than what, he, what Mr. Boomain was treated during that time. And he was the Boomain not permitted by the court to see Dutch while Dutch being detained. Uh, he has no malice against Dutch. Uh, he has a pity uh, uh, on Dutch, but he could not show his pity on Dutch because this is against the law. In, uh, in your book, I read that in the court after you were interviewed for, I think, most of the day. You asked Deutsch a personal question, and you said, uh, where, where is my wife buried? And he, he didn't seem to really answer you. And, and I'm wondering, is that the kind of questions you would have for him if you got face-to-face -face with him? Or would it be uh, a conversation based in anger and, and, and revenge? អាពើពើពូជួបដូចនៅនៅតលាការខ្មែរក៏ហើមហ្នឹងពូបានចោតសួរសំណួរដូចថាតើប្រពន្ធ uh, if uh, Mr. Boomay meets Dutch again, he will keep asking the same questions about where his wife was buried, whether buried in Tuslang or in the killing fields. But Dutch told him that probably his wife was buried at the killing fields. So how do you uh, how do you still come here, Mr. Bumeng, every day uh, to sell your books and to tell your story? And we're sitting right here in the this former schoolhouse that was turned into a, a torture chamber for many years, and you were here for two. How is it that you're able to find the strength to do that? I, I and also I, I guess the another question would be, what was it that is that too much? So, what what was it that gave you the strength? Uh, while you were here to still maintain some kind of hope. Is that okay? Yeah. So, I'm going to talk to you about the question of the question of the 
ហើយមូលហេតុនឹងសំណួរតែធំនឹងសួរថាហេតុដែលក៏អំអាចត្រឡប់មកកន្លែងនេះវិញកន្លែងធំទទួលរងរងតនកម្មដល់ទៅនេ
He said that when this is done in Cambodia, the good justice would not be found. You know, even some uh, judges and lawyers uh, had resigned so far because this tri tribunal established here and then uh, it is done in Cambodia. So his idea means going away from Cambodia would be the best way. To find oh, justice. So it would. So is he saying that there? Is he saying that there is um, a lack of fairness in the trials? Is that kind of what he means? Like the lion's cage is um, the power structure, or the the uh, the lack of efficiency, or um, is it the lack of order? Yeah, that that kind of thing. Cắt sang sang cắt ngôn su tha. Về ông sẽ cắt rộng táo á Rộng táo nữa, vì dùm nào thì vì Vì khoa mà nước phơ can nữa, rồi lại đây không ai có hôm Rồi có vì Vì mình ẩm nạch ấy môi để vì chết chết Nhưng không ai có đây không ai có hôm nữa Trời ơi, mình có chết chết Chẳng bằng nhầm chết là rộng táo Tại là cái nơi mốc rộng táo Rộng táo Cứ mình nước mình hên Tại cả nà, bởi vì chết là đưa chốc ổn Đưa chết là cả nà, bởi chết Vì mê chờ vì cái đây chẳng còn cái đấy nữa Yeah. He said that uh, when the tribunal is, is here in Cambodia, it is just next to the lion cage. So the judges, the lawyers from overseas are still afraid of that lion cage. And there is an interference still in the process of the trial. Okay. So, the, so, the, so the lion's cage is like the power, the power structure at the top? Okay, so he emphasizes it is the power from the top government officers in the current government of Cambodia. You talk in your book as well uh, a lot about how things looked very good in 1977 ហើយនៅក្នុងសភាដែលគាត់ <coughs> มีการตกจัดគ្នាในក្នុងพระนาถนอมរបស់รัฐรัฐบาลนั่นนะรัฐบาลจะรัฐบาลล้นนอลสมัยนั้นนะตาอาการอัดตกจัดគ្នานั้
and then the Sinuk want to stay away from that. Chưa phải chết mà ta thầm nãy xin nữa cần trang thuê mấy nơi dùm anh nè. Ông, thầm nãy xin nữa cần trang thuê mấy nơi dùm anh nè. Đợi về đợi quả, đợi quả. Khiêm đang đợi, khiêm đang đợi. Tân tay ở nâng cư, đại chân nó còn nâng dùm mấy đất nè. Còn cư chân mấy đất. Nhưng mình chưa là lâu hiên nè. So he still do not understand much about what idea or what was going on at going on with the king Ram Sinuk. He still did not understand about what Sinuk was doing at that time. Does does he does he think that 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 mistrust that was developing in the Khmer Rouge was that as a result of King Sanuk or was that more of a internal politic to the Khmer Rouge themselves. អឺពាក្យថាមិនទុកចិត្តគ្នានឹងតាមវាពាក្យនឹងវាកាត់ឡើងពីសម័យខ្មែរកំហំឬក៏ពាក្យនឹងវាកាត់ឡើងនៅក
this may seem like a crazy question, but it seems like there were so many lies going on at the time. You had the Americans who were supposed to be helping, who were actually bombing. Um, you had uh, Sahanawak telling people to join the Khmer Rouge. Then you had the Khmer Rouge who were lying internally. I mean, it just seemed like one big political and social puzzle that nobody could really figure out at the time. And then the world stopped hearing about Cambodia after April 17, 1975. It's like it just, boom, stopped. ກໍສູ່ທ່ານໂດຍຊິມີພຽບຈະບົກຈະບາລເລີຍສະໄໝສະໄໝຄໝາຍກະຮອມນັ້ນນະໂດຍຊິອາເມລິກັນ <coughs> So he emphasized that uh, there was confusion at that time. From what he is understanding, uh, you know, when the whole world ignored Cambodia, and then there was a country, you know, in, in, involved in the, uh, the whole process of Khmer Rouge, and he mentioned about Vietnam was behind as well. Ah, chấp tâm buồn nó cái chỗ mà chuối, à cái chuối, cái chỗ mà chuối dương, chẳng, nó áp hết ở cái này để cái gì, chọc cả. So uh, there was a good chance that Vietnam came in 1979, so they can do whatever after they got power in Cambodia. So, so, so they actually, so he's saying that they came to liberate Cambodia, but to take control of Cambodia as well. It was right. They came to liberate Cambodia, but they took control of Cambodia later. Okay. Uh, it seems like uh, someone opened peels of banana yes. and gave the banana to you, yes. but they have a knife behind yes. to stab you from the back. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. Okay. Stab, stab you yeah. And then, and then twist it. And we say yeah. that you twist it. Okay. Yeah. Give <laughs> the banana and twist. <laughs> right, like that. That is the point. And uh, he believed that uh, many foreigners might have understood that about the involvement of uh, the neighboring country into Cambodia affairs. I certainly think there were very there were very few people there were very there were very few people at the time who actually understood what's going on and I still think even today there's only because of the historians and the academics and so on that are starting to do work in this area are, and people like Yuk Chang who are doing the work that they're doing with the DCC are people are now starting to take notice some uh, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm back here three years later or two years later into Cambodia and I see all the books at the, the, book, the bookstore that have been written and that gives me hope that the stories are getting out there. And I think that's, uh, that is a good thing. Uh, God, God, uh, God, 
ហើយគាត់លុកដេវីតហ្នឹងគាត់បានតលប់មកសុខខ្មែរ chưa là bị phong lục ông ca sao bị chết mình tốt ở khmer thật không lục nào mới đi và bất chợ ông ca sao bị chết chui bị phố ra hướng ông ca sao chết tới từ sáng nơi cá một mọt bọc gì he strongly believed that the united nation would be helping cambodia for the future uh, would not let this story uh, you know uh, uh, left without any uh, result, any justice. So he strongly hopes that it's going to be a great help from United Nations, which they did not help Cambodia while the Khmer Rouge was in charge. So uh, he thinks uh, the UN is going to be helping more about these issues in Cambodia. So here's a bit of a more, uh, I guess, philosophical question. But does he think, I, I just looked out over the courtyard here at S21, and I looked at over some of the places where those those seven, was it nine bodies were found by the North 14, Vietnamese? 14. 14 bodies. And the the horror of what was S21. Does Mr. Boomang think that we are all, you know, all of us as human beings capable of this kind of, this kind of behavior? Does he think that we have it? Sometimes I wonder about evil and where it comes from. And I wonder if we all have it within us, white, black, Asian, doesn't matter who we are. Does he think that, that, that it's something that is, uh, we're all kind of on the edge? Uh, you mean, you mean, uh, you let him... Given the right circumstances, uh -huh. would you or would I behave this way here in, in, uh, in a place like S21? Could we create something like that or, because of what you and I now know, that would never happen. Does, does that make sense? So philosophically, it's like uh, it's a it's a question about about where this kind of evil comes from. How did how does it even start? How did how did how did, how did Deutsch do it and not and not somebody else? I got chance to cut one hand and bang a leg. Me, the part of when those lines, you know, they just can't know that bone net, the cup, the thing, you know, that. អានឹងអ្វីដែលបានកើតឡើងនៅក្នុងគ្រប់បន្ទប់នៅក្នុងគៀតទាំងអស់ហ្នឹងណាជាក្នុងសួរថាតើអាកំណត់កំណត់ដ
They wanted to please the the boss in order to stay in power. So they had to do something which they uh, can keep power alive and just want to please their boss. So that's why they could have an idea of being very bad evils of all these killings. Uh, that happened to Dutch. So why uh, why do some people do that and and not others? Just in short, those who did, did just needed power. They needed power, so they did that just to please the boss, the, uh, the uh, superiors. They are superiors. So that's why they just killed people, they did all the bad things just to keep their own power and to please their boss. This is the main point that he believed. And and who for him was the ultimate boss? What I mean, was it Pol Pot? Was it Sun Sen? Was it Anka? He said that uh, his boss at that time, like in 1976, first Mr. Koi Thuan, and later on someone from the Saikai, Mr. Ha, who was above him, who was uh, supervising him. Later on, uh, Mr. Koi Thuan and Mr. Ha were arrested, and next that was him who was arrested. So they have to clean from step to step. So let's just, if, if he doesn't mind going down that path still with this question, if I worked for a boss, or I would hope if you worked for a boss, or if he worked for a boss who told him to kill other people, we would say no. But we don't know that, right? We don't know for sure that's how we would react. If we're living in a fear, our fear for our own lives, or maybe our family's lives, I guess the question I'm trying to get to is a moral one. Does that make sense? Uh, maybe a philosophical one as well, but a very practical, I think a very practical question. There are millions of Cambodians who didn't behave that way. And in Rwanda, millions of Rwandans and millions of Sierra Leones, uh, Leonians who, who didn't behave in the way that others have. So what is it? Uh, or, 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 or is it really just power, lust for power? អឺកត់កត់ធ្ងន់ថាកត់កត់កត់នៅនៅសកត់ធ្ងន់សនួរថាណាដែលហ៊ានសម្លាប់មនុស្សហ្នឹងដែលអំធ្វើធ្វើការ
Okay. So he mentions about uh, the killings, why people uh, could kill the others. There are three points. One, just to kill the other to please the boss. Uh, one, uh, uh, he was forced to kill the others. And another one, if he did not do that, uh, he could be uh, suspected that he could be part of the members of that group. This is from his own understanding. Right. Uh, he doesn't know all, but this is from his understanding. I just have maybe two or three more questions for him. And thank him for his patience, and I really do appreciate his time. I really do. I find this this is uh, an incredible opportunity, and it's an honor to be here. It really is. Uh, he, he said that uh, he could even tell you more details if uh, he was interviewed somewhere else, not here. In a more quiet place, he would say even more details about what was behind these killings. But he can't say it's here while he's here. Uh, maybe, maybe on my next trip through, we could do uh, we could do another interview that was quieter. Yes, he agrees. Uh, he said that many ears around him. Uh, many ears. I understand. Yes, with 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 bananas in their hand, maybe. Mixed ears, mixed ears. Mixed ears. I want to ask him about his first day when he arrived here, and they took the photo of him. Um, what what? What did he think was happening? What I mean, he had been arrested for something that he didn't even do. He was an innocent man. They took his photo and, and put him in prison uh, for doing nothing. Uh, what, what were kind of the thoughts that he was thinking at the time? Just a fear for his life or his family? Uh, uh, he believed that uh, after arriving on the first day, uh, his photo was taken and it was taken to a cell to be detained and got shackled. So first thing uh, he knows that he's going to be staying in the prison. Uh, that he knows that he must be detained here, he, he must be stuck in the prison here. And he was told that uh, the Khmer rules never arrested the people wrongly. Mm. When anybody arrested was the right choice from uh, the list. Okay, uh, the proverb from the Khmer Rouge uh, said that it would be better to kill people wrongly, better than releasing the people wrongly. That is a proverb of the Khmer Rouge. What, uh, for those two years that he, uh, he was here in the prison, what, what, what every day gave him hope? What was it that uh, kept him alive? 
អាយៈពេលពីឆ្នាំដែលអំជាប់នៅទីនេះតាមមានមិនពីមិនថ្ងៃទៅមិនថ្ងៃ <cười> He still had hope while he was being stuck here because he, he, made, he made no mistakes, uh, including his wife. Both, both of them made no mistakes. But uh, his wife probably had low education and did not, what, did not know what she answered to the Khmer rules. But eventually she was taken away and killed. And he uh, really had hope after uh, he was uh, found by the uh, chief of the prison that he was a good artist. He was uh, taken down to mid Dutch in the room just right behind, uh, behind this place. The question I, uh, that I have, the second last question, uh, is related, I think, to his art. And I wonder if there was any kind of life or any kind of joy or any kind... I mean, I, 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 I'm careful not even to use the word happiness because that's, in, that's crazy to talk about happiness in a place like this. But was there something that uh, he connected with and was it his painting? Was it his art? Was it uh, a soulful kind of a thing, even though he was painting pictures that he probably didn't want to be painting? Does that make sense? Uh, you mean while he was working? While he was working, was that bringing a little, a little bit of joy, a little bit of pleasure uh, in this miserable uh, situation that he found himself in? នឹងមានជីវិតតតិទៀតណាពេលអំត្រូវបានគេឲ្យអនុញ្ញាតគូរូបណាតើអំមានក្តីរំភើបចិត្តខ្លាំងទៅនៅសម័យនៅពេលណ
chấm nơi bị chết đông bọc nhung bị cầm nát máu nhung cu đây giờ chơi phong đẹp sạch giờ chơi bộ vải nắng cu chơi rùa parang can cặp lương bánh israel như nữa cái chấm non nhung nắng bị chấm đó nắng ngày bắt chơi chấm non như là nát cu parang that is his hope from his young age since he started schooling he liked drawing so he think that was the right choice for him that he started drawing when he started schooling you know he even got a piece of stick and draw like a French guy holding the gun you know during the French time in Cambodia so that was the right choice and what he liked to do in his life that is what he liked to do from birth and does he still draw? ไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดรอไอ้เสียดร